Now it's time for the Rural News with Kim Moody. And Kim, Bramworth is reporting strong financial results. Kia ora Charlotte. Yeah, the wool carpet manufacturer says growing awareness and sales of their wool products has helped lift profits. It's just reported a net profit after tax for the year to June of $2.2 million, up 29% on the last year. Chief Executive Greg Smith says a structural transformation of the business in the last year has paid off. We had a focus going into the year of creating demand for wool and creating demand for Brimworth branded products. But we also had a focus on our operational efficiencies and capabilities. And so when you couple those together, we we ended up seeing good increases in the sales of our branded products at a higher average selling price, which was really pleasing because it demonstrated that, that consumers were seeing the value in wool and in Brimworth, which is exciting. And then we, you know, we took out quite a bit of cost from the business while still investing in our plant and capabilities. Greg Smith says a growing number of consumers are switching from synthetic carpets to wool, but wool carpets still only make up about 15% of the market, so there's plenty of room for growth. He says the increased profits should be a confidence boost for strong wool growers. Hopefully it demonstrates to them that, you know, that we're on the right path with our 100% wool strategy, that consumers are starting to join us for the ride. I mean, we saw a 21% increase in revenue in New Zealand on our wool carpet and rug sales, which is phenomenal. And, you know, we'd expect that to continue as people are making the shift back to wool. And for our growers, it's a really important signal because they've got choices and and escalating costs. And we're, you know, we're um, quite desperate for them to to remain loyal to wool as as we have. And and we're wanting to support that uh, as best we can. That's Bramworth's Chief Executive, Greg Smith. As you may have heard in the business news, growing infant formula sales in China has helped the A2 milk company report strong financial results. The specialty dairy company's full-year profit rose 42% to $115 million, while revenue increased by close to a fifth to more than $1.4 billion. Chief Executive David Bortolusi says A2 has achieved a record market share in China for its infant formula products. So the market is down 3% in China, but importantly, the segments that we play in, which is the ultra premium segment, was in growth by 9%. And the A2 protein category is growing rapidly in China. It almost, it, it more than doubled during the period. It was up 108% during the period. And we, on the back of that, plus our strategy and execution, are gaining share in the market. So, for example, in the mother and baby store channel, we increased our share from 2.2% last year to 3%. David Bortolusi says China is an enormous market, so there's great growth potential for A2 milk. Invasive radiata pine has spread more widely across Aotearoa than was previously thought. Researchers at Manaki Whenua Land Care Research reassessed the prevailing view, stemming from the late 1980s, that radiata pine is only a minor invasive species in New Zealand. Lead author Dr Peter Bellingham says the research has found that's no longer the case. We found, and we corroborate other studies in this, that radiata pine has invaded far more widely than any of the other pine species that typically command attention, like lodgepole pine or Douglas fir. In fact, uh, it's invaded over um, almost 60 of the country's ecological regions and districts, which is 
uh, twice as many as any of the others. So that gave one appraisal of it. And then one of my colleagues looked at the climatic area that it invades based on the record where it has and on its climatic range in other countries and used all of those data to show that up to 76% of New Zealand's land area is climatically capable of supporting wild populations of radiant pine. Dr Peter Bellingham says a levy on the new non-native conifer plantations would help offset costs of managing wilding pine invasions. The Department of Conservation is urging white baiters to only catch what they need ahead of the shortened season beginning this week. The season opens this Thursday for everywhere except the Chatham Islands and ends on October the 30th, making it six weeks shorter than the previous seasons. Dock spokesperson Nick Moody says the shorter season is to prevent overfishing. Four of the six species of white bait are classified as threatened or at, at risk of extinction and of course Nobody wants to see white bait go extinct, so we've made these changes to ensure that our grandchildren can still go white baiting and enjoy this great uh, tradition. Last year, Doc introduced new white baiting rules, including changes to fishing gear and spacing along the river. Nick Moody says it's important white baiters are aware of the changes, as Doc will be keeping an eye on fishing activity. I would advise folk perhaps to pop over to the Doc website and uh, just type in white bait. There's a really good uh, diagram there explaining the rules which came in last season about how far apart fishes need to be and what kind of nets and screens they can use. So they're now um, you know, uh, consistent around the, most of the country. So go there and check uh, so that you're up with the play and uh, we can all have an enjoyable season and ensure that we're uh, uh, reducing our harvest and uh, also having a good time out fishing. That's Nick Moody, Doc, Doc's Whitebait Fishery Manager. In Australia, chronic labour shortages has led some growers to plant crops that don't require as much work. The Dobson family has been running Western Australia's largest banana plantation for the last 27 years. But with the 40 staff typically needed to pick bananas across the 120 hectare plantation, falling to as few as five workers last season, the family were left with no choice but to reduce their crop. Lachlan Dodson told the ABC they cleared 50 hectares and had to find a less labour-intensive crop, so they went with cotton. He says the returns that they get from bananas are more than 10 times better than what they'd get for cotton, but without any labour, they had no choice. That's the Rural News. Koe rā te porongo o te taiwhenua.